0: Please turn with me to the book of Ruth. We've been studying the book of Ruth together. It is a brilliant, life-changing short story that took place during the dark days of the judges over a thousand years before Christ was born. And we have seen and will see today, it is a story that displays God's redeeming love so that we would rejoice in Him, it is a story that reveals God's providence in our lives so that we would trust in Him, and it is a story that contains godly examples so that we would live for Him. It's a true story written for us in Holy Scripture, and God is using this story to shape us and transform us today. Daniel Block, in his commentary, says, Ruth is constructed as a lively literary piece intended to be read orally and heard at one sitting. That's God's intent for the book of Ruth. It is a lively literary piece and it is intended to be read orally and heard in one sitting. In fact, it is the case that throughout Israel's history, Ruth was one of the five scrolls that was read at the Israelite festivals. Because this story takes place uh, at the time of harvest in April and May, it was read each year by the Israelites at Pentecost, at the Feast of Weeks. It was read orally and heard in one sitting and as families gathered together they heard the story of God's redeeming love and their hearts were warmed and their lives were changed by the power of God's word according to first Timothy four thirteen, God wants every church to be passionately devoted to the public reading of scripture. And so today, as our series in Ruth comes to a close, we are going to hear the book of Ruth read in its entirety. All four chapters. It will take around fifteen minutes, and then I will return to preach a shorter sermon from chapter four entitled The Baby of who brings life and joy. We will see that there is no better way to kick off the Advent season than the book of Ruth. Ruth prepares the way for the birth of Jesus and points uniquely to the glory of the incarnation. As we prepare our hearts for the reading of God's word, I want to remind you of what Romans 15 verse 4 says. It says, For whatever was written in former days, Whatever was written, that is, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and the rest, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. In other words, and as we listen, keep this in mind and let anticipation and faith rise in our hearts in light of this. The book of Ruth was written by God for our instruction. So that all who are in need of endurance, so that all who are in need of encouragement, so that all who find that peace may be distant from your heart and life, might experience the transforming effect of God's word and might experience the endurance and the encouragement of the book of Ruth and that we might have hope. Will you join me in praying together? Father, we ask that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would prepare our hearts now and that as we encounter you, the true and living God, in your word of truth, that our lives would be changed. Lord, we ask that that souls would be strengthened here today. Use this reading of your holy word this day to make us more like Christ, to encourage our hearts, to reveal your character, and to increase our hope in you. Speak, O Lord, as we come to receive the food of Your holy word, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons.
2: The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there.
3: The Lamelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. They lived there about 10 years, and both Malon and Kilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband.
1: Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food.
2: So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah.
4: But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go. Return each of you to his mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband.
2: Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept.
4: No, we will return with you to your people. Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, and have a husband this night, and bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me.
2: Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her.
4: See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods, return after your sister-in-law. Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you.
5: For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more, if anything but death
1: parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem.
2: And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women asked, Can Can this
4: this really really be be Naomi? Naomi? Do not call me Naomi. Which means pleasant. Call me Mara instead.
2: Which means bitter.
4: For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So
3: Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned
1: from the country of Moab. When Naomi and Ruth came to Bethlehem, it was the beginning of the barley harvest. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz.
2: And Ruth the Moabite said to to Naomi,
5: Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after someone in whose sight I might find favor. Go ahead, my daughter.
3: So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech.
1: And behold... Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers,
6: May the Lord be with you.
1: And they answered, May the Lord bless
3: you. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers,
2: Whose young woman is this?
1: And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered,
2: She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest.
3: Then Boaz said to Ruth,
6: Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field, or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men to not touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn."
1: Then Ruth fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should
5: take notice of me, since I am a foreigner?
6: All that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you. For what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge.
5: I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord. You have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants.
2: And at mealtime, Boaz said to her,
6: Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine.
3: So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was
1: satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying,
6: Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her and also pull out
2: some of the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was almost about an ephah of barley, almost six gallons. And she took it up and went into the city.
1: Ruth's mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Ruth also brought out and gave Naomi what food she had left after being
4: satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you.
2: So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said,
4: The
5: man's name
4: with whom I work today is Boaz.
5: And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law,
4: May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by
5: my young men until they have finished all my harvests.
4: And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted.
2: So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law.
3: Then Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her,
4: my daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative? with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself. Put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do.
1: Who,
6: who are you?
5: I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer.
6: May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after the young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen "'Know that you're a worthy woman. "'And now it is true that I am a redeemer, "'yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. "'Remain tonight and in the morning, "'if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. "'But if he is not willing to redeem you, "'then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. "'Lie down until the morning.'"
2: So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And Boaz said to himself,
6: Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor.
1: And Boaz said to Ruth,
6: Bring the garment you're wearing and
2: hold it out.
1: So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city.
2: And when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked,
1: How did you fare, my daughter?
5: Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law.
4: Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. The man will not rest, but will settle the matter today.
1: Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken, came by. So Boaz said,
2: Turn aside, friend. Sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And Boaz took ten of the men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here.
1: So they sat down. Then Boaz said to the Redeemer,
6: Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative, Alimelech. so I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know. For there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you.
2: I will redeem it.
6: By the way, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate
2: the name of the dead and his inheritance. In that case, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it.
3: Now this was the custom in former times in Israel, concerning, concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the manner of attesting in Israel.
1: So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. He took off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people,
6: You are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and to Malon. Also, Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native places. place. You are
2: witnesses this day.
1: Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders
2: said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring of the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi,
1: Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a redeemer. May his name be renowned in Israel. May he restore to you the joy of life. May he be your provider in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, has given birth to him. She is is more more to you than than seven seven sons. sons.
2: Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying...
1: A A son son has been been born born to Naomi. Naomi.
2: They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David.
1: Now these are the generations of Perez
2: Perez fathered Hezron.
3: Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab.
2: Aminadab fathered Nashon.
3: Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz.
2: Boaz fathered Obed.
3: Obed fathered Jesse. And And Jesse Jesse was was the
0: father of David. Praise God for his word of truth and what a story the book of Ruth is. It is a story that displays God's redeeming love that we might rejoice in him. A story that reveals God's providence in our lives that we might trust in him And a story filled with godly examples that we would live for him. In chapter four, we have what is the final act. Some have thought this chapter to be a bit curious. The first 12 verses uh, involve some complex legal details and ancient practices, and then the story ends with a genealogy in the last five verses. So that is the The ending to this story you know nothing says climactic ending like a man taking off a sandal giving it to another and then a list of names and yet the ending is in fact glorious and when understood fills our lives with joy and hope after that night at the threshing floor chapter 3 whatever it is that happened there the next day, Boaz is determined to resolve the matter of his relationship with Ruth. He wants to take her as his wife. And so he goes to the city gate in Bethlehem, which is where the elders made their court rulings. There is, we learn, another potential redeemer that Boaz addresses in verse 1. And we also learned some of the, uh, the, the legal Uh, standards of those days there were laws of redemption including redemption of the land uh, laws related to marriage from Deuteronomy 25 that required the relative of a deceased man to marry the woman and produce a child so that the family name would not be blotted out. Naomi's husband Elimelech had died as we learned and someone is needed to restore legal ownership to the land by redeeming it and part of the legal requirement is that that same person will take Ruth as a wife. Naomi herself is past child-rearing age and at this point Ruth is the only hope that the family line will continue. There is another another redeemer, that redeemer has first rights. At first he says he will redeem the land, verse 4, And when we hear that, it's a dagger through our hearts because we want Ruth and Boaz to end up together. But then Boaz explains that if you buy the field, you also have Ruth the Moabite included. And the other man backs out at that point because it is too costly. So Boaz gets the girl and the people at the gate speak a blessing over Boaz and Ruth for this remarkable act of redemption May she be like Rachel and Leah, verse 11, the two great matriarchs of Israel whose wombs were barren but opened by the Lord. They say, may you both be blessed, verse 12, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you, Boaz, by this young woman. Now the remaining challenge is that Ruth had previously been married for, 12 year, for 10 years and did not conceive. But verse 13 covers the span of a year. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave conception and she bore a son. And so verses 14 through 17 are the final scene. This is... Uh, you know, the end of the movie when it shows on the screen one year later and we fast forward and we see what the events have led to and what a scene this is. It's a total reversal of what we saw at the beginning of the book because our God is a God who delights to meet people in their barrenness. He delights to meet people in their emptiness and in their need and do more than we could ask or imagine. And so Naomi, once bitter, once empty, now has a child on her lap. The story ends center stage not with Boaz and not even with Ruth, but with a child who is given a name by the women of Bethlehem, a child who brings blessing to the world. The story ends with joyful voices in Bethlehem declaring, verse 17, a son has been born. And the women of the town, you heard this and noticed this, are praising Naomi in verses 14 and 15. But listen to these verses and follow this and tell me, who is the Redeemer? Who is the one Who brings life and joy. Verse 14. Then the women said to Naomi. This glorious picture of the women of Bethlehem. This promised city. This glorious place. Then the women said to Naomi. Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He, this redeemer shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. To the Redeemer. Who is the Redeemer? The Redeemer is the baby. The Redeemer is the child born in Bethlehem which will be massively important as the biblical story unfolds. And this is not just me making a connection to Jesus. The text does it. Verse 17, they called, they named him Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And then the book that we have been studying these recent weeks ends, importantly, with a genealogy of David, with the last words of the book being, Jesse fathered David. By the way, it's from that ending of the book that we know that the story was written hundreds of years later. This took place during the time of Judges, but it's written from the perspective of someone who knows the importance of David, the life of David, and who knows of the Davidic kingship and the promise to David. From Obed would come David, and from David's line, born in the city of David in this same Bethlehem would come Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. The genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 is this same family line. And the only place in the New Testament where the names of Ruth and Boaz appear is there in Matthew chapter 1. They are the great-grandparents of King David and the ancestors of Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus knew the story of Ruth is all about him. It's all about his glory. It's all about his coming. I imagine Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Do you remember that scene after his death? In our place, after his victorious resurrection, he rose from the dead. He was seen by many eyewitnesses. He spent time with his disciples. And in Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, following his resurrection, he interpreted to his disciples, in all the scripture, the things concerning himself. And I imagine Christ saying, it was the plan of my father that Ruth and Boaz would be the means through which I would come into the world. And God would again give conception to another young woman in the same family line. A young woman, a virgin, named Mary. Luke 1, beginning in verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to Him the throne of His father David. And He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of His kingdom there will be no end. I imagine Jesus as He walked the road to Emmaus saying, You know the story of Ruth. Boaz the Redeemer showed a very costly love. It was a costly love that led to marriage and led to an inheritance. And Christ our Savior has done the same by redeeming sinners through the costly death, the sacrifice of His own life. We can imagine Jesus saying that Obed points to me and to the blessings of life and nourishment and joy that this child would bring. Yes, the promises are there and these things are declared of Obed, but what do they amount to in Obed's life? The promises would come through Obed. The promises would come to a child who would be born of that same family line to the birth of Jesus Christ. And we can imagine the hearts of the disciples in that moment burning within them as the glory of Christ is revealed. And as Jesus reveals that he is the root of Jesse and the descendant of David, that this man is the king whose kingdom is forever, that he is the Savior of the world. Friends, I want to remind you today that this is the whole meaning of Christmas. What better way to have our hearts prepared for Advent than to have taken in this glorious book of Ruth and to be reminded of the Savior who has come for us. It may be for some that it has been a joyful year. It may be for some that it has been a difficult year. It may be that there are some who presently find that your spirits are high and lifted. And it may be for others that you are in a place of lament and sorrow and difficulty. Well, the one great thing that we all have in common is what is represented in the center of what we are celebrating. And we all come together this Advent season to celebrate this glorious reality that God has not left us without a Redeemer Christmas is not at its center about the gifts or the traditions or the parties or even family the center is Christ and in Luke 1 is where Zachariah says blessed be the Lord God of Israel For he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. God promised he would do it and then he kept his promise and he fulfilled it in Christ. God himself has taken on human flesh. Why? to redeem sinners, to save sinners. He did it for you and for me. People in the world today do not know their greatest need and they are searching for answers in all of the wrong places. And this is what I love about the Christmas season is that it is a time for us in a heightened way to declare the hope of the world, to declare The joy of the world. In a world searching for lasting joy and rest and contentment, but find it to be elusive, it escapes them always. And even as Christians, we can so easily forget our greatest need. We think, if only I had this, then I would be happy. If only I had this, then I would be complete. If only I had this, then I would know fulfillment. A spouse, a nicer house, a better job, better health. And like Naomi did in the beginning of the book, we focus on our emptiness, unaware of the fullness God has given us in Christ this Advent season we resolve to fix our eyes on Christ and to remember that our greatest need is not for the things of this earth. Our greatest need is for a Redeemer to rescue us from sin, to rescue us from eternal death, to rescue us from the judgment of God that we deserve for our sin. We need a Redeemer. And the good news This Christmas is that the message of verse 14 is true for us. The Lord has not left you this day without a Redeemer. What what is the grounds of your contentment in life? It may be that this week was a difficult week for you and you are experiencing turmoil and discontentment. God wants to remind us today of the basis, of the grounds of our contentment. And that is, That whatever you are left without, and those are the things that we tend to think of. And it may be that you find that the Lord has left you without some of his blessings. Whatever the Lord has left you without, you can say this today. He has not left you without a redeemer. And in providing a Redeemer for you, He has met your greatest need and has given you the greatest treasure imaginable. The Lord has not left you this day without a Redeemer. We have Christ. We have a glorious Savior. And His steadfast love, friends, is more than enough to satisfy us completely. The Lord has not left you this day without Redeemer a redeemer. And so let's allow the book of Ruth to prepare our hearts for Christmas. Let's allow this book to lead our hearts to come and adore him. Verse 14 says of the child, may his name be renowned. And this is fulfilled in Christ who has that name that is above every name and whose name has throughout history and to this day been renowned in all the world. Is he renowned in your heart? Is he exalted in your heart and in your life? Is he the center of your joy and all of your hope? We've seen radical kindness in this book of Ruth. But far greater is the radical kindness and the steadfast love of Jesus in giving his life for us upon the cross. There was a child who was praised and celebrated because He restores life. Christ came and restored life to us by sacrificing His own life. And we have seen a redemption in Ruth, but a far greater Redeemer exists in Christ in one who loved us and laid down His life for us. He's not like that other Redeemer in chapter 4 who looked to His own interests, who looked at the consequences and who was unwilling to redeem because of the cost. No, when Christ redeemed us, brothers and sisters, he paid the ultimate cost. He was born that he might die and he died to redeem sinners. He laid down his life for us. He left heaven's throne He was born in squalor and humility. He lived a sinless life, and he died in the place of sinners. And he did this so that all who turn from their sin and trust in him for salvation would receive an inheritance, would receive a future, would receive a hope. God has given us a home. God has given us land. And we will reign with him forever. We see ourselves in the story of Ruth and Naomi. Not only in their great need, but in the great deliverance and redemption that has been worked for them. This Christmas, we remember the light of the world has stepped into our darkness. However lonely you may be, you are not alone. For there is an Emmanuel. There is God with us who comes to us in our loneliness. However desperate the famine of your life and this world may be, the bread of life has entered into the famine of this world and was broken for us. The bridegroom has made us his bride. He comes to us in our emptiness. He he drew near to us in the midst of our calamity, in the midst of our tears, in the midst of our bitterness. And He gives us the fullness of salvation and eternal life. There is one who, just like Boaz, has invited us to feast at His table. There is one who has called us near. There is one who spreads His wings of refuge over us. Is your soul in need of nourishment? There is one who nourishes nourishes us in our youth nourishes us in our old age nourishes us for all eternity and promises that he will never abandon us christmas is the celebration that joy has dawned upon the world has god left you without a redeemer no he has not he has been generous and he has provided for our greatest need in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we as his people declare with hearts full of joy, hallelujah, a king has come. A king has come for us. A son has been born. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ, our Savior and our glorious Redeemer. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand and let's sing together.